Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, the very first playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Season one is republishing the long-lost first episodes of the show from back in 2007. And season two begins the new episodes. Now, a few things have changed since 2007, like the website. For more information about Theatrically Speaking or my other podcasts, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. Next, back in 2007, you could number your episodes however you like, and I did this very creative numbering system that included episodes 4.1, 4.15, 4.2, and no actual episode 4. The numbering that the episodes have in your feed is the order that you should listen to them. So, welcome in to the Theatrically Speaking Wayback Machine. It's time to talk some plays. I hate movies, I don't watch TV, I can't read books, and I don't take kids to the zoo. Video games are gonna rot your brain, and all these internets are for idiots. But I love you, baby, dear, but you ain't no Shakespeare. Try to make me to be high class, and I would David Bammon on your ass. Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, episode 9.2, almost a playwriting podcast, the longest running playwriting podcast in the history of the world. My name is Jonah Knight, I am your host of this show, uh, and uh, we're going to start off today, uh, again, uh, what, what has fallen into being the, uh, the traditional structure of initially doing a little bit of um, updates and plugs and that kind of thing, and then we move into the subject of today, which is reviews. Which is reviews. Reviews are a very contentious issue, so contentious that I didn't get any emails from anybody telling me what they thought about reviews. It's that contentious. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's just start off with um with the housekeeping stuff. A couple of things to to sort of uh, remind you about to throw out there. The first is that if you are looking for regular writings of mine, then you might want to look at www.televisionzombies.com, where I write a, uh, a column about, about TV shows, and I try to talk about TV shows uh, in uh, the, the types of shows that you can watch without having to follow on a regular basis. So um, so that kind of thing. We call them casual television over at televisionzombies.com. If you find that website slash bloggy uh, interesting, then you might want to check out the Television Zombies podcast on which I do not appear. Uh, but it's still worth listening to anyway, because it's a fun podcast, okay? Yeah, cool. Okay, easy. That one's done. Uh, second one is that uh, my own blog, because as I, as I stay home now with Milo, um, uh, I, sh- I, sh- I should say, as I stay up in the middle of the night with Milo, feeding him and babysitting him and things like that, it is easy enough for... Uh, I've started blogging. Yes, I have. And I've started uh, doing so at jonahofthesea.com. Click on blog, and then you read the blog. Um, lately, I have been talking about politics. Interestingly enough, um, I have... Um, I've gotten a little bit of feedback over there on the political stuff. 
um, couple Ron Paul supporters um, telling me some some things, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Haven't written my entry on Ron Paul yet. Suppose that'll come up. But this is not about politics. Um, though, if you're interested in that, go over there, read that kind of thing, and um, and give me your feedback there. Uh, let's see. I did get an email about uh, someone. I, I have made an official offer now that if you are a theater person and you know something about theater. And you would like to do a guest episode of Theatrically Speaking, write me an email, tell me what you want your subject to be about, and, um, and we, can, we can get that to happen. I, I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing what some of you guys have to say. Uh, and I did get my first response on that. It looks like we're going to have a guest episode um, a couple weeks out anyway. So that'll be kind of cool. That's something to uh, to be interested in. I am certainly interested in that. Uh, if you are interested in recording an episode, let me know, um, and, and we can put that thing together. That'll be cool. Okay. Okay. So this episode is, um, I mean, I've, I've sort of, I have fallen off my regular release schedule with Milo around, but um, I, I this one is a little bit later because I added a new link on the front page of JonahOfTheSea.com, which all of you listeners should go over there and click on, uh, because I, I, so I've recently been approached by a, uh, an advertising media uh, company, I guess they are the third party that connects podcasts with advertisers, and they have asked me if I want ads on this show. So, if you go over there and click on this link, it is a survey for listeners of Theatrically Speaking, where you can talk about, uh, it asks you stuff, uh, so I, I took the thing, I took my own, my own quiz, uh, and it asks you things like, how often do you listen to it, and do you listen to it more than once, and, and all that kind of thing. Now, here's the, here's the larger issue here. Do you guys, uh, and I'll throw this out there, uh, do you guys care if there are ads on this show? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that even if there, we do get a sponsor or something that if I'm going to make a significant amount of money, um, but I'll tell you what intrigues me, what intrigues me here is that I've got to assume that if someone does place an ad on this show, then they at least have to know what the show's about. I mean, I don't expect that all the advertisers are listening to every podcast that they advertise on. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of them do. But, but I'm interested to know what products would want to advertise on a playwriting podcast. That, I think that's interesting. I think that we're going to end up with one of two things. I think that uh, if this goes ahead, um, that we'll end up with something that's just totally bizarre and not relevant at all like alcohol or cigarettes or something and actually that's funny because i say alcohol and cigarettes but as we all know all playwrights are alcoholics and smoke um and uh and that's not a generalization that you you know you do you know you do um but uh but anyway so either alcohol or cigarettes are something that's totally not writing related or they'll try to focus it in with some other kind of media thing maybe I think this is interesting. This is actually very interesting. And now here's the thing. You know, I'm for dis uh, uh, full disclosure here. I've given you... I haven't done it in a while. I was actually going to do it for this show, but I forgot to do it. And now it's too late because I've already started. I was going to pull up those, um, you know, the Google ads that are out there. Last time I looked at it, um, I've paid $13 and something for all of the Google ads. And I was going to share with you all the numbers on that. And I forgot to do that again. Um, but I'll try to pull that up for next time. So... 
Um, but because I do that, I think this is a grand experiment because if we do get a, a, a subscriber, a subscriber, an underwriter, um, I expect, unless they tell me to keep it confidential or something, that I would tell you how much they're paying. Um, and if that happens, then I'll probably break down the whole thing of, you know, what exactly is the cost of doing a podcast with the hosting and, uh, and, uh, maintaining the website and this entire project, um, which, which I've not ever thought, you know, uh, I'm going to do a playwriting podcast. I bet you there's money in that, you know, you know, I mean, I can see that there would be money in a media podcast, uh, you know, with, with film or, or TV or maybe the internet stuff. I'm sure those guys are making some money. Video game podcasts make some money. Um, but, um, but I don't know. I'm totally intrigued. I'm totally intrigued. Uh, so please go to jonahofthesea.com and click on that link there and take the quiz and then, you know, we'll get some ads. Uh, I did say that, uh, if we do have uh, an underwriter that I would like to be the one to read the ad, that, that, uh, that was an option for me. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that right now. Okay. Uh, go click on the link there and take the quiz. Um, other thing before we get into reviews, and this is, uh, this is just a bit of news that I picked up recently that uh, many of you may not have heard. I think it was just announced this week that the Writers Guild of America, whose award ceremony is in February, I believe, the Writers Guild of America has added a new category for its awards, and that category is writer, uh, Best Writer on a video game. The Writers Guild of America has added video games as a legitimate way that people can be a writer. Uh, I think that's very interesting. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, all right, so reviews, right? So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to... There were two reviews that came out for On Island. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read both of those reviews, talk about them a little bit, and then I am going to go into sort of um, what is a good review? Should people be reading? We, we hear about people that don't like to read their reviews and some people read all the reviews and all that kind of thing. I'll tell you what I think about that. Um, and uh, and uh, a couple other things there we'll, we'll hit on. So I'm going to start with this one. Uh, two reviews. This one appeared in the Frederick News Post. Uh, okay. Um, on, uh, title, On Island, A Little Light on Ballast. Uh, by Bill. Okay. Uh, local playwright Jonas C. Knight has the perfect role for Julia Roberts. His ambitious but flawed new play, On Island, which opened last weekend at the Cultural Arts Center in Frederick, combines storylines similar to Roberts' early romantic comedies with Aaron Brockovich. Uh, I'm going to read it verbatim uh, and include all grammatical errors. Um, Erica Jarecki stars as Andy, a reporter on Martha's Vineyard, who's sorting through a complex romantic life as she searches for the cause of a devastating cancer cluster in her community. In the first scene, Andy meets Jay, Brady Kirchberg, a young, good-looking Boston scientist whose two-week visit she's agreed to oversee. The New Playhouse, a three-year-old Frederick theater that develops new plays, produced on Island. Knight is one of the theater's founders and its producing artistic director. The group hosts regular play readings and occasionally produces full productions, such as this one. It's laudable work, but this production doesn't demonstrate that the new playhouse is capable of churning out high-quality theater. Sadly, the script and performances, despite a few fine scenes, are underdeveloped. 
For starters, Jarecki never connects deeply with her character. Andy often seems annoyed and nosy rather than haunted and driven. And Kirchberg is an appealing stage presence, but never believable, especially in the frequent scenes where his character is drunk. Director Jessica Lefko doesn't help matters by staging the play on a cramped set. True, the Cultural Arts Center's black box theater is a challenging space with audience sitting on three wide sides, but Lefko's claustrophobic blocking reinforces its shortcomings rather than working against them. There are a few bright spots. Susan Holliday gives a fine turn as Lou, a crusty town councilman, and the best performance actually comes from the playwright himself. Serving drinks with a puckish grin... Knight plays Bina, a bartender whose affections are torn between Andy and their mutual friend Pam, Alice Ann English, an emotionally damaged police officer. Knight's amusing scenes with Jarecki have the believably awkward feel of two longtime acquaintances struggling with mutual attraction. The playwright also seems to have a real sense of what day-to-day life is like for residents on Martha's Vineyard. Unfortunately, the rest of the show is underwritten or under-researched. Much of Andy's motivation as a character comes from her sorrow over her, fa- uh, her father's passing father. But Knight never reveals any dramatically rich information about what the deceased man was like or about father-daughter relationship. Meanwhile, the show's central mystery, why are so many island residents turning up with cancer, is crippled by Knight's lack of understanding about journalism and environmental science. The play had the unfortunate luck of having myself, a former political reporter, and my wife, an environmental science professor, in the audience last Saturday. Andy is a deeply flawed journalist, sleeping with her subjects, paying sources for story tips, and writing stories based on not much research. Either Knight doesn't know that his central character is consistently compromising her journalistic integrity throughout the play, or doesn't care. Even more problematic is Knight's lack of basic understanding about the important environmental issues framing his play. It's too bad because toxic pollution, as Aaron Brockovich, uh, Brockovich demonstrated, is ripe for dramatic exploration. Perhaps the new Playhouse's next steps could be to start a program connecting playwrights with professionals in various fields to review scripts and serve as consultants. My wife has already volunteered her expertise. Otherwise, Knight and his cadre of writers would be better served sticking to writing simple romantic comedies that don't require research. All right. Review number two uh, from the Frederick Gazette. On Island, Thought and Giggle Provoking, title, by Lisa. Not, uh, not my wife. Um, you either belong to a person or a place. That's just one of the ideas brought forth in the new Playhouse's latest offering, On Island, now playing at, the Frederick, at uh, Frederick's Cultural Arts Center. Written by accomplished playwright, actor, and new Playhouse founder, Jonah C. Knight, and directed by Jessica Lefko, herself boasting an impressive list of credits and degrees as long as your arm, the play takes place on the island of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. It's a mystery and a light romance, tackling the not-so-romantic topic of high cancer rates among the New England island's populace. One might think you couldn't take such a subject and turn it into a light romantic comedy, but Knight somehow makes it work. The town's local reporter, Andy, played superbly by stage vet Erica Jarecki, tries desperately to write the story, but something or someone keeps getting in her way. As she searches for the truth, romance ensues. Old flames are ignited, the new ones extinguished, while questions are raised and friendships created and broken. 
As investigating professor and sole non-islander Jay, Brady Kirchberg was not only adorable, but could get a laugh on cue. Knight himself was perfectly cast as the lovable bartender Bina, while Alice Ann English was wonderful as the misguided but well-meaning police officer Pam. Susan Holliday rounded out the cast as Shelley, hard-nosed editor of the island paper, while also playing a wonderfully convincing dual role as a man named Lou, an island regular at the bar. I found On Island interesting and thought-provoking, its idea stemming from an actual outbreak of to, uh, Tolermia, Tolermia bacterium on Martha's Vineyard during World War II. The stage was small, but the actors made do. Office scenes in particular were limited, and I wished I could have seen more of the actors' fronts instead of their backs. Nonetheless, the limited space was put to good use, and the direction was sound. All in all, On Island provided a good way to spend a Friday evening. Now back to the mainland. Okay. Okay, so um, here's here, there, there are a number of fascinating things that I find about these two reviews. Um, but let's start with a bigger question. Should we, how much stock should we as playwrights be putting in these reviews? How much should we care? So there are people that say, there are famous playwrights, writers, all kinds of celebrity people who will just say, um, I don't read the reviews. I don't want to know what the reviewers say. Um, and here's, and, and I disagree with that in a way, and I agree with it in a larger way. And here's what I think. Um, uh, certainly, uh, at my level, I've had a couple of plays that have had reviews before, and it's still new enough to me that I want to read them. Um, and so even even a bad one, um, I'm interested because it's kind of an ego thing. There's my name. There's my play. The word's getting out there. I got to read it. Got to read it. Got to read it. Right? Um, but here's the thing. The larger issue, the reason why I think that people that have had, that, that are in a position where they have had reviews done with their work for years and years and years over many, many projects, I believe that the reason, the, the, a valid reason not to read your reviews is trust. Do you trust what this reviewer is saying? Uh, and... And I think that if the if you do not have confidence that the person writing about your work knows what they're talking about, then there's no reason for you to read their review. I think that's the that's so that's my contention here as far as whether whether to uh, to go along with the review here, right? Um, it's and it's almost the same thing. And Lee talked about that this on his second episode on uh, who's reading your play, right? You write something and you want some feedback. But if you're writing a play, there's, there's almost nothing that you can get uh, of value from someone who, if, if they're not a writer or they're not a theater person, then there's no point in having your mother read your play. Um, you're not going to get any valuable criticism for it. And here, so I'm going to look back at these two plays here. Neither of these two reviewers know anything about theater. And, uh, and I can tell you this, um, uh, Lisa, the good reviewer, uh, I don't say good reviewer, I should say, um, the, the one who wrote the positive review from the Gazette introduced herself to me after the show that she saw and, uh, she was there with her friend and she was very bubbly and said, you know, oh, I loved it. And you can tell from, from the way she wrote it, that she had a good time, that she enjoyed it. There was nothing in her review here 
that indicates that she knows anything about theater. What her review was, was kind of like a a little, uh, it, it was her experience. It was a response to her experience and it was visceral. It was this actor, I thought this actor was funny. I thought that the story was fine and I sat there and I had a good time. Uh, she does not present herself as knowing anything about the industry, right? Okay. Which at least is, in my opinion, preferable as the as the guy who's having his work reviewed. Um, if you if you're coming to review a show and you don't know anything about theater, or you don't know you're, you you have to go review a jazz performance. You don't know anything about jazz. Don't present yourself as an authority. So. Bill's review here, um, he says, where is it? He actually says in this review that that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, And the line is, um, the boy had the unfortunate luck of having myself a former political reporter in the audience, right? So what qualifies you to review a play, right? Now, you're, it's perfectly valid for him to come and respond to a play, but that's not what he does. What he does is, and this is, and so, so okay, so I'll, I'll stop right now, and I will say that um, when people have asked me about this review, this negative review, I've kind of, you know, not really gotten into it with people because, uh, but but see, I don't know you guys, most of you guys, and um, and this is probably my only chance to actually say this. So so um, I'm gonna say it here. Um, so he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Um, and I'm going to point out some specific things in this review that indicate to me that he has no idea what he's talking about, right? Um, Director Jessica Kalefko doesn't help matters by staging the play on a cramped set, implying that he thinks that the director designed and built the set, right? Um, Anybody who has worked in theater knows that the director generally does not design and build the set, but Bill thinks that she did. So that's her fault. Um, The other thing uh, that I'm going to point out here is his... uh, um, He makes three points here about why this is a a poorly or or an underwritten and under-researched play. Um, Andy is a deeply flawed journalist sleeping with her subjects. Uh, yes, she does. She does have, uh, she does have a physical relationship with Jay over the course of the play because, uh, and what he does, what he doesn't bring up is that over the course of the play, her life is unraveling and fraying and she gradually has less and less sleep and is under more and more pressure so that by midway through the play she's totally not the person that she was at the beginning because of these outside influences on her so yes he is correct she does have a physical relationship and is therefore a deeply flawed journalist um uh point number two he makes paying for sources with story tips right um at no point in the play does she ever pay anyone uh for a story tip one of the characters makes a joke about saying, hey, I'll give you some information for 20 bucks, which, to Bill's point, she never says, I would never give you $20 for a tip because that would be unethical. Instead, she ignores her friend and never brings it up again. So so that is just incorrect, Bill. Um, point number three, 
Um, uh, she is writing stories based on not much research. And this is actually a valid point. This is uh, one of the things that you have to do. So even in the middle of this negative review, he makes a valid point. And this is something that we should all keep in mind as writers, as we, as uh, audience members are going to come in to see our play. And the majority of them are not going to be theater people. We're going to have some friends and family, sure, but we're just going to have people. We're going to have community members. Maybe they're the blue hairs that want to come in because they've been going to theater all their life. Maybe they're the kids who got in because they have to write a paper for class. Maybe they're just people that were walking by and said, oh, uh, that looks kind of cool. I got nothing else to do. You know, these these are people whose lives are not in the theater, people who are not trained in the theater. And to Bill's point, because he is one of these people, he was confused because uh, the structure of the play is that there are a number of scenes in a number of locations. And I absolutely agree there, uh, that there is no scene in the play where Andy goes to the library to do research. She does not uh, spend a scene online looking things up. Um, she's not pouring over tomes. She's not in City Hall digging through filing cabinets. Right? Absolutely right. We do not see her do research. However, she does interview uh, Islanders about the story that she's working on, but that's not research. That's not research. Um, that's just talking. Uh, she also says, I, I have to go back there and write. I have to go do research. I have to go look things up. But we never see her doing it. So even though she says that she's doing it, we never see it. There's never a scene where that is all that is happening. So to Bill's point, he's a little bit confused because there was not a scene built around her acting on researching. Yeah? Okay. So that's a valid point. And the valid point for us as writers to take from that is that people are going to, it's quite possible, that people are going to say, well, wait a minute, she didn't do any research on this story? Because I did not have a scene specifically showing her doing research. And this is actually something that my wife, Lisa, not reviewer Lisa, uh, and I had talked about before the play, um, that I did not incorporate into it. Her point, being a journalism major in college, was that um, as a journalist at a small newspaper, currently, or as the play was produced... It was at some at some point it was stated that this was her primary story for two weeks. And that I and and her point exactly is that that just is not feasible. If you're one of the few reporters at a small newspaper, you're you're not just on one story. You're going to be writing on uh, lots of stuff. And that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, And something that um, I ignored. (laughs) I ignored Lisa's advice to my own peril because Bill ripped me a new one because of that. Uh, it was mean. It was mean to the point. Now, here's the other thing. The other thing that this review teaches us is that there are going to be audience members who are experts, right? If you write a play about anything, anything, one of your audience members guaranteed is going to know more about it than you will. And whether or not they actually do, they are going to believe that they do. And so if you have a play where there are facts or bits of information about a subject or about an industry or a profession or anything like that, we have to walk a really careful line. 
Um, so, for example, um, environmental science in this play, right? This is something that when I started writing the play, I had general idea that, okay, lots of cancer, come in, do research, right? Um, when we went into rehearsals, I had made up, <laughs> I had actually made up names of um, chemicals uh, because, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily always like to do research, but, uh, and I guess I thought that, you know, looking up actual names of things would be boring research. So I didn't do that. I did not. I did not. I did not. And um, the interesting thing, though, is that Brady, who plays the scientist in the play, has a degree in, uh, in biological sciences and works for the National Institute of Health as a scientist. And when we got into rehearsals and he looked at it, he said, what the hell word is this? I've never seen this word before. So he actually, uh, because purely because this actor had this knowledge, we ended up making some changes. So, um, but apparently, apparently these changes that the uh, scientists from the National Institute of Health um, helped make in this play were not uh, to the liking of Bill's wife, the environmental science professor. Yeah. So, um, so what does that mean? It means that there are going to be people in the audience who know more about what we're writing about than we do. Unless all that you're writing about is a kitchen sink family drama where you just have crazy characters yelling at each other all the time and you shouldn't be writing those because those are dull, right? They've already been written. Stop that. Stop it now. Um, unless that's what you're writing, um, you're going to actually be including things from the real world. And we've got to be careful. And what I tried to do was I tried to sort of minimize the, uh, the information that I was putting out there. I would sort of, I did not have exposition scenes where somebody would get up and give a monologue about science or about what the process was. Uh, and we did make some changes regarding um, the method of collecting samples and how long it takes to get results back and the equipment needed and that sort of thing. So that information, I guess, was accurate, but, um, but not accurate enough for the expert in the audience. Watch out for them. They're going to be there every time. They're going to be there every time. Um, and that's fine, you know? So, so here's the larger issue, though. The larger issue is that I had a good review, I had a bad review. Both of them were written by people who didn't know what they were talking about. So... So, if you are currently in college, whether an undergraduate or a grad student, you should be very aware of something called the American College Theater Festival. Uh, this is probably where I got, um, where I really started getting involved with theater was as an undergraduate, um, being aware of this program, and then as a graduate student, going to this program and participating in a number of different ways. Um, the American College Theater Festival is a program presented uh, or sponsored overseen by the Kennedy Center. Uh, the country is divided up into regions and the different colleges go off and compete. Uh, there, there are competitions. There's the Irene Adler acting competition. There's, uh, there are directing workshops. There are all kinds of workshops for, for tech and for writing and directing and everything. A couple years ago, they added dramaturgy. A couple years ago, they added critical writing for theater. If you are at all interested in knowing a little bit about writing reviews for theater, you should look into this program. Um, 
you i mean you know to go to the festival you pay like the festival entry fee and all that but once you're there and some schools actually will underwrite it is my understanding is that depending on your school you may pay a reduced rate or whatever so if you're not in the theater department in your college uh, if you're in the English program, if you're in mass communications or something like that, um, go over to theater, uh, find some people over there and say, hey, do you guys participate in the American College Theater Festival? I'd like to go um, because they're always looking for somebody to give them more money so that they can go. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, even if you're not there for the, the critical writing uh, workshops, go to the playwriting stuff, watch some plays, like get involved in this. This is this is really an, an awesome program. Um the extension of this, and I've mentioned this before, um, one of the reasons that I got into the Kennedy Center's um, playwright training program, gosh, and the, the official name is, uh, oh, God, oh, gosh, the Kennedy Center's um, Summer Playwriting Intensive, I think. I think uh, if you go to the Kennedy Center website and start look, looking under education, you'll find it there. Um, but because I met people at the American College Theater Festival, uh, who encouraged me to apply for the, that Kennedy Center thing. I, I applied, I got into it, I knew some people there, and that helped. Uh, and I would definitely recommend that to anybody um, who is interested in this sort of thing, do that. But, but as for the actual reviews go, um, I think initially you're going to read them. You're going to read the bad ones, you're going to read the good ones, and hopefully we'll get more good ones than the bad ones. But the reality is that for our early plays, if we are lucky enough to get reviews, um, they probably are going to be uh, negative, at least to some extent. And if you have a, a totally good review without anything negative, ah, man, that's, that's, that's even worse. That's even worse in some ways, because then you think that you're awesome and you're not. You're probably not awesome. None of us are awesome. Okay, so, but now here's the other thing. Um, good review, bad review. They both mentioned the same thing in a negative light right? What was that? Stage. Yeah, the Cultural Arts Center is a pretty crappy space. Um, it's, uh, it's good for a good many things. Uh, theater is really not one of them, uh, even though it is primarily used for theater. So, stage was small. Um, now, here's the interesting thing about that. Lisa's happy review here. Stage was kind of crappy. I wish I could have seen their faces more than their backs. Had a good time anyway. Bill's review, that's just one more thing that sucks about this play. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to write my political reviews again. And hopefully the Frederick News Post will not allow him to write reviews based on things that he does not know anything about. Um, so I got to say that. Um, okay, good, good. Feel good about that. All right, next episode, remember... I'm giving you guys the episode's uh, subject matters in advance now, so you can write in some uh, some emails and put your two cents in. We're going to start talking, uh, we're going to have two episodes about uh, the issue play, or the political play. When I say, I didn't, I don't want to say necessarily political play, because it's not about politics and government and politicians and things like that, but rather, writing a play based on... Um, a particular point of view on an issue, right? And so one of the plays that I have never written uh, is the Great Abortion Play. But if you feel very passionately about this and you feel that you need to write a play about a big issue, there are some things you should keep in mind. So we're going to go over a couple of those things. And then um, the following episode is going to go a little bit further into, into issue plays and to politics and how it surrounds the theater industry in general. Uh, and I think that'll be pretty good. So if you guys have any thoughts on these things, 
definitely send me some emails. Um, Jonah at JonahOfTheSea.com. All right. So we're wrapping up here. Look for me on MySpace and Facebook. Go to JonahOfTheSea.com. Click that link. Take that survey. And we'll get some advertising because we love ads. Uh, read the blog. Go over to TelevisionZombies.com. Read my column over there. Uh, and if you're interested in doing a future episode, then that is totally cool. Just send me an email and we'll start to talk about that. All right. Okay, we good? I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk at you then. Funny.